0: Okay, this is officially our last podcast with the four of us. Two of us are graduating, two of us are not graduating,
1: but... (laughs) Guess who?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it actually is, it's it's not a Baker and Browns divide. Some people might think it is. No. So you're misleading them, Riley. Come on, Riley. Come on, Riley. Me and Aaron are graduating, we're moving on to the big bad world. Woo! Um... But yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to take a bit of a break after this week, and Kyle and myself, and we'll figure some stuff out. We can anchor you guys in, and well, yeah, anyways, we'll figure that out. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into the playoffs. Um, we Today's episode, we we're just going to kind of go through each series and talk about, you know, what's going on, go through a bit of news in the league, and uh, let's start off with the Rockets and the Wolf series. Anybody have initial thoughts on the Rockets, who are up uh, 2-0 over the Wolves? Very convincing wins, in my opinion, even though the first one was close. Yeah, the first I, one was close. I still think the first one was convincing, though.
1: They they had pretty much... There's a, some weird stuff going on in that game. Yeah. Carl like Anthony Towns took about 80 steps before getting a layup for someone, and there was no call. So, yeah, I don't know. I, there, there's nothing surprising, really, in this series.
2: Yeah, I, going off of that, like this is kind of what everyone expected. I don't think many people expected the Timberwolves to steal a game on the Rockets' home court, uh, just judging by the Rockets being the best team um, in the season. Uh, with, with that being said, though, I think that the Timberwolves are going to look back at these games and think to themselves, man, maybe we could have stole one Yeah. Time there is with the first game you had most of the Rockets team out of it and James Harden really had to will them uh through that game you had very minimal shots from Carl Anthony Towns he only got like nine up there and in game two right as your best player um game game two you're talking game one right Game, game one and then going into yeah. game two, also a surprising. Yeah. Took the exact same number. And with game two, then you have James Harden not performing optimally, but everybody else on Houston stepping up. And like, I feel if if you're the Wolves, like, you can't have somebody like Derek Rose as one of your top scorers. Like, you've got to find ways to get Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler more invo- involved in your offense. Um, so I think they might be a little bit disappointed, but overall, this is kind of not what this is. This is kind of what everybody expected.
3: Yeah, I think it was a bit of a classic game one that you can see in a one versus eight series where a game one is suddenly closer than you expected. And for the Timberwolves, I think if they were going to get any games in this series, they needed to capitalize on games of bad shooting for the Rockets. The Rockets shot twenty seven percent on threes in that game, ten for thirty seven. That that was their chance, and unfortunately they, they weren't able to get a win, But and then getting getting blown out in the second game as well. As well. So it'll be interesting to see as the sh- series shifts back to, to Minnesota, but I think we could be in, in route for a sweep.
1: I yeah, think. Houston showed the strength of their team in that second game. Uh, they won by 20 with James Harden shooting 2 of 18. Like, mm. when your best player struggles that much to sh- score... Um, it really relies on the next guy, and you saw people like Chris Paul step up. Um, nice. And uh, <laughs> just really their team strengths showed through. Yeah. Other people on the team that can shoot threes, shot well.
0: It's just the depth of the, yeah. the two teams going totally. at it. And, you know, Aaron, you mentioned, you know, you have Derek Rose coming off the bench, and, you know, it's not it's not a good look when you have your second lineups go at it, and they're significantly outmatched. Even Gerald Green had an awesome, I think he had 21 uh, in yeah. game two. And, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that who were pretty absent in the first game stepped up. And, and you know, Riley, you mentioned Harden had an off game, but then Chris Paul, on the contrary, stepped up. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll see. I Part of me wants to say, you know, like, Minnesota is going to steal one game if Towns and Butler, like, really pull through.
2: It's a good home team, too. It is a very yeah, good so. home
0: team. So I, but I, I'm just sticking with my four-one on that series.
3: Yeah, and it, just one last closing thought on this yeah. series: if we're not gonna, if we're not gonna see the Timberwolves win a game, I want to at least see a good Carl Anthony Towns game. Yeah, I yeah. want to see Towns have 35 in a game, 35 and 10 or 35 and 15 in a game in this series, and really, really get the crowd into it in Minnesota. And
0: even if you had like more touches, oh my goodness, yeah. 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 Like, well, I, had,
3: what are you having five points in the second game? Like, yeah,
0: that's schokes. shocking for yeah. a, you know. No. A guy who's,
2: you know, destined yeah. to lead the league as like the next awesome big man. Yeah. A um, guy who in GM surveys comes up as like the number one guy to build your team around. For sure. Yeah. He's in that group up there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Next series, Warriors Spurs. First things first, uh, mm. condolences to the Popovich family. What a tragic, tragic uh, death. And I was reading up on on the Spurs and kind of how they're reacting. I actually found out Joffrey Laverne also had a family member pass this year. Kyle Anderson had one. And then the Spurs franchise also had Rasul Butler pass away mm. in that car accident. And so, yeah, just very, just very, like, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you, with death and especially with Popovich. Um, you know, I tweeted out that he, you can tell that there's more to basketball with Greg Popovich in the way he handles the media. You know, some guys handle the media as kind of a joke, but he, I think he genuinely feels like there's more to this life than basketball. And we only know him through a basketball lens and we know him as such a great co- coach, but, you know, him and his wife have been together for decades and just very devastating. Um, yeah, aside from that, looking at the series, the Warriors are very convincing uh, 2-0 lead over them. And yeah, I think they're going for a sweep. They've... Contained Aldridge and really shut him down, and I don't I don't see how San Antonio can score at a, a higher capacity uh, than than the Warriors.
1: Marcus Aldridge has been doing everything he possibly can to keep that team in this series, but he's not. Oh, getting, they're up 3-0. Excuse me, sorry. He's not getting any help uh, thought, yeah. from anyone else.
0: Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, and even and I think we talked about this in the last pod how we. I mentioned that Cleveland and Golden State are going to have to step up their defenses. And I remember in Game Game One when Aldridge was held to 14 points, I was like, "Wow, these guys really, really stepped up their D and shut down their uh, San Antonio's best player with Kawhi."o And yeah, I don't think there's a, a good look for San Antonio in
3: Game Four here. Yeah, I I would agree with you of this of the 16 teams that are in the postseason. The Warriors are the only one of those teams that are in the top five in both offensive rating and defensive rating. So they have wow. been they have been fantastic, and really for the for the Spurs without Kawhi, I, I don't think we really any of us gave them a chance in this series, and it's come to fruition.
1: I think we've also. Uh, I heard someone else saying like, a lot of people have forgotten how incredible the Warriors are. Mm-hmm. They are a phenomenal team that
2: without I, Curry, I, without mm-hmm, Curry especially.
1: Yeah. But uh, like I know personally, I f- wrote them off a little bit just because of, you know they weren't first in the West for once. And you know, they look like maybe they might be struggling, a lot of injuries. But you watch them and they're just so dynamic with everything they do.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's divert a bit here. Let's talk about Kawhi. Um, reports are coming out today that the Lakers, and I know earlier in the week Clippers were going make to make an offer for him. Kawhi obviously being an L.A. guy...
2: Um, Aaron, do you think Kawhi is going to a Los Angeles club next year? Um, yeah, I can't really see personally like Kawhi getting sucked into the major league kind of um, kind of kind of this hype and all the spotlight that LA offers. Like Kawhi has always been like an under the radar kind of guy. You see that in his interactions with the media. Um, obviously, there is some discontent between the Spurs and Kawhi right now. Um, but there has been resolve in the past. Um, I know, like, relating to this, this to the story of Alderich in the summer, mm-hmm. he he also had, like, a very kind of sour taste with the Spurs organization. He even came to Popovich and talked about leaving the team, potentially, where he they had, like, a sort of heart-to-heart, and he ended up staying. And... That's great for the Spurs because he's been their main solid, consistent guy throughout the season. Um, So, honestly, like, I'm not discounting that something like that could still happen with Kawhi. I think there still could be a connection. Um, But right now, it's just so surprising to see, you know, your best player not even with the team in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the media are like, oh my gosh, Kawhi, where is he? And he's, just to set the record straight, from what I know and what I think is pretty accurate, he's in New York with the same doctor who rehabbed Joel Embiid uh, in the past. And so he's been working with that doctor uh, rehabbing himself. So a lot of people are like, oh, he's in New York, but what does that mean? Like, no, he's at this facility working with this doctor that Embiid worked with. And, you know, judging the way Embiid's playing right now, the doctor's pretty dang good. (laughs) So (laughs) I would just trust that. But, yeah, and, you know, you've seen the reports. He's not talking to the team or kind of interacting. You mentioned, like, that is kind of his persona. But there comes a point where you have to be like, man, I'm actually, like, the franchise guy of this. Sorry, LaMarcus Aldridge. But um, Kawhi, I think, is the franchise guy. And who you want to build your team around, especially a younger Younger yeah. talent than LaMarcus Aldridge And you have to take some sort of ownership uh, But we'll see We'll see what happens I personally think he's If not LA Like I don't see him in a Spurs jersey next season Really? I, mm. Yeah,
3: I don't Oh, I, I think I think he'll definitely be not back with the think Spurs he'll be Personally I, I just don't think a player of his caliber At the age of 26 That the Spurs are going to trade him I just really don't I think they're going to bring him back He's going to be fully healthy Hopefully fully healthy For the start of the next season and I think they're just going to pick pick right up where they left off playing him. but just yeah. so unfortunate. I think we've mentioned it a couple times on the show now, but twenty to lose your entire twenty six year old season when you're a player of his caliber is just ah yeah. It hurts me every time I think about it. Well,
1: especially yeah. since he possibly is second in MVP this year if he's healthy.
3: A lot of people voted for him for yeah. MVP last for, year. For, yeah.
1: he, he's yeah. definitely top three for MVP this year. Yeah. If he's healthy. For sure.
0: Yeah. And who knows? Like, I think if he were to stay, it would be kind of like a heart to heart with the organization. And who knows pop situation, right? Yeah, if exactly. pop leaves, I don't know. But again, death is, is a very, yeah, we're, we're diverting a bit too much here, but you know, Kawhi, if people don't know, Kawhi Leonard like saw his, his father be gunned down uh, in front of him. And so, there's definitely like he's not he's not new to death. And so I think being around a Spurs organization that is going through similar things, I think that will foster more towards Kawhi's mm-hmm. personality, which a lot of people don't factor in. Because at the end of the day, these guys are human beings. They're not totally. robots that play basketball.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyways, let's uh let's get on to the Blazers and Pelicans. Kyle, I know you have a thing or two to say about this series. Yeah. I I was shocked because going into it, I was like all right, the Pelicans' offense is gonna what is, is what's going to keep them in to, in this uh, series. You know they're going to be outscoring and just and they are, and they're doing a damn good job of scoring. But they're also doing a damn good job of defending and shutting yeah. down Damian Lillard, sadly, my boy, rest in peace, uh, who's been absent, shooting I think 3.27 in the series, uh, in three games. They're down three zero, and it looks awful. Portland's offense looks. Completely immobilized. They they can't do anything. They can't run anything. They're taking isolated shots. McCollum or Aminu is having to bail them out. And Lillard last night eight turnovers mm, for yeah. himself, which
3: is wild. Yeah, sure. Like again, I I did pick I did pick the Pelicans. Yes, here, you did. Well, I did you're not. You're the only one. I, yeah. No, credit, I yeah.
2: credit to Kyle. I am
3: saying this as I did not expect we would see what we've seen. I did, yeah. I definitely expected to see a war between. Um, you know, two super elite players in in Davis and Lillard. Yeah. Uh, and also important to remember, this doesn't take away from the regular season that Damian Lillard has had, but it has been a very very frustrating to watch him in the postseason and how much he struggled. And the group around him, as Nate you mentioned, has, has just not picked up the slack. Uh, one player that I just kind of want to highlight on uh, New Orleans is how well uh, Miritich has played. Oh, His yeah. true shooting is over seventy percent. Like he's making everything playing both ends like he's been really really impressive and then Nate I know you and I have also talked about how well Drew Holiday has looked out there both mm-hmm. on mostly on the defensive end especially how yeah. well he's been so this New Orleans team just keeps on clicking away here and yeah. really hasn't slowed down since Boogie Cousins went out and we'll see hopefully they they can finish this series out and it looks like that's gonna happen finish this series out and we'll see what they can do in the next round yeah it's crazy they stole two
0: in Portland which mm. is a hard oh, place yeah. to win um and yeah, Drew Holiday, credit to him, man. He, when I say they've ch- shut down Damian Lillard, a lot of it's been Holiday, mm-hmm. and not just like, you know, guarding him and contesting shot. Like he's st- stripped Lillard of the ball multiple times, and it's just completely made life uncomfortable for Lillard on the offensive end.
1: And not only for Lillard, he's affected the entire defense. I like he's had a number of blocks in both games that have just been absolutely huge. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, going off of that. um, he should get a lot of credit for that first game win, having yeah. like that game kind of winning or at least preventing like that tie game-winning block yeah. Yeah. Um, that he had in the first game, and then he comes back in the second game in Portland and scores like 36, mm-hmm. which is just unreal. If you would have told me that New Orleans would be up 3-0 against Portland, I would have assumed, oh well anthony davis is probably averaging like 40 points Mm -hmm. or something like that but give credit to the defense anthony davis has had like a ho-hum like 25 and 10 kind of um stat throughout these three games Mm -hmm. um and even you go to those really close finishes in portland there's you know last three minutes of the game uh kind of the games within just a couple points anthony davis didn't shoot the ball. He made some great defensive plays, but again, he he's not their sole person on offense. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah, and I think you also got to give credit to their coach, Alvin Gentry, who's an unsung hero. The yeah. way he's like using his players of what they're good at is really cool to see. Um, and even I think before this season, nobody really pegged Drew Holiday, unless you're a very you know adept fan. As a defensive like player, you mm-hmm. think Drew Holiday is a great ball handler and stuff like that, and you know, good distributor of the ball. But you don't. I would never peg Drew Holiday as a like lockdown defender. No, and our,
3: this this just hasn't been something we've seen in these three games. Like all, I think all most of the season, he he was a much much better defensive player than I thought he was going to be.
0: Yeah. yeah, and playoff Rondo.
3: I know Play off Lee, Rondo. Uh, I I, I love I, Lee some
0: Rondo.
1: So <laughs> seeing that, whenever Rondo does his Rondo move, I just. The <laughs> inside of me just lights up.
3: Yeah. yeah I, and I laughed. I laughed on the previous podcast when you brought up playoff Rondo. But, hey, yeah. as la- he same, showed up. same as last year before he went out. I'm, I'm eating my words.
2: Yeah. Uh, something else that's kind of uh, more talking about like a concern because with the Pelicans having a 3-0 lead, um, you know, a team has never recovered from something like that. So it's pretty clear that this team will be going on to the next round to face... Golden State, who also have a 3-0 lead in their series. So just commenting on that, my only concern with the Pelicans going forward is probably their rotation. They have only an eight-guy rotation, Mm -hmm. not very deep, and your three guys coming off the bench are like Solomon Hill, Ian Clark, and Darius Miller, who to me seem like their whole role is – you know, let the starters have a rest for a couple minutes while <laughs> yeah. you play basketball. So that, that's a little bit of a concern going forward, especially considering Golden State's depth. It's also going to be a concern when you're going up against, like, with Portland, it's a guard-heavy team. And Joseph Nurkic has kind of been obsolete because of Anthony Davis. But translate yeah. to Golden State, where you have incredible wing forwards like Kevin Durant and um, Green then that's going to be a little bit tougher for uh, New Orleans to stop. Yeah,
3: I agree. Yeah, just one thing about you, um, Aaron, you mentioned about the Pelicans playing such a tight rotation. I I looked, of players that have played more than 15 minutes in this series, so you've got to have played more than five minutes in each game, or, or for cumulative, five minutes a game, they only have seven players that have played 15 <laughs> minutes in this series. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, honestly, what the heck? I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how much they're
1: f- focusing on actually going deep into the playoffs. I think they're trying to prove that they're a legit team right now, and like, will be
2: able to build off of this experience really well. Well, and I think the biggest thing with that, with again, you're talking about proving yourself. Like New Orleans' goal should be going into playoffs. You know, win the first round, and I mean try your best against Golden State. And they've exceeded that by just really embarrassing Portland. (laughs) Just rolling over But what what is cool is they have DeMarcus Cousins, who was injured earlier this season. He's going into the free agency market, and he sees the team that he's already played on perform like this in the playoffs, and they're convincing him this is a top-tier team. Like... So that's got a factor in DeMarcus Cousins' decision in the summer mm-hmm. of, hey, if I get to play on this team, like, maybe we can get even farther.
1: I, th- I would disagree. Just say, like, Cousins is looking at this team and looking at it and saying, they're doing this well without me because I'm not there. Almost. But right. that's the, like... When he was there, they did not look like a playoff team.
3: If well, I, yeah, if I if I work for New Orleans and I work for the Pelicans, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, we have been good <laughs>
2: since DeMarcus yeah.
3: Cousins went out. Do we need to go pay him a max to, deal? Do I need to spend $30 million on him this offseason? Yeah. Yeah. We, well, well, I we will see. I mentioned in the
0: last pod their pace spiked as soon as he was gone. Yeah, One and less big. Yeah. One less big, slow big guy. Slow big guy, slow yeah. Slow big guy. That's the, that's the big thing there, right, And yeah, that's a, that is a good good perspective of working for the Pelicans,
1: and who knows i I personally <laughs> don't see Demarcus Cousins back in a Pelicans jersey. Okay, I see him heading somewhere else. I I don't know where that is, mm-hmm. but Los Angeles is a possibility. Yeah, but Los Angeles is a possibility for everyone because they have the most. Exactly, yeah. but I, I I don't I think Demarcus Cousins looks at that team and thinks, I can make that team better. Yeah. With, especially with their big situation.
2: Well, yeah. there there is also, like, a lot of things to factor in. There's the thing of factoring in of, you know, was it kind of just an experience thing? Did these guys just need to play more together and stuff? And I know it's kind of speculative, but still, if you're New Orleans, you have the chance to re-sign oh, I don't, one of the top centers. I don't think the league, they don't make sure. an
1: effort, but I don't think they're going to be
2: and it is paying, yeah and yeah. all and all i'm saying is that it is going to be something that factors into his decision yeah, definitely. in the summer cuz you have a team that's gotten past the first round you're in that top 8 kind of like category fighting there and if demarcus is serious about a championship then yeah i think that's definitely something that factors in
3: yeah, yeah. you have to remember too and, and since anthony davis went out there and after the all-star break or demarcus, DeMarcus davis- cousins, yeah. cousins went out Anthony Davis has probably been the best player in the whole entire league for yeah. the remainder of that season. So whether that has to do with Cousins not being on the floor, I don't know. It could just be that he's been super hot as well. So, but it has been a very, a very interesting series, surprising series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to the last series of the West:
0: Jazz and the Thunder at the four or five, mm-hmm. and they are now split. Right? Am I getting that right? Yep. I'm not forgetting a yep. game. Okay. Yeah, Aaron, what are your the token Thunder fan in the room what are your thoughts on on the series so far
2: yeah this is kind of like what I expected the series to be I expected it to be split after two games and I think they're gonna split the next two games in Utah and this is gonna go to a game seven and as I predicted like Oklahoma City would still win I, I still hold to that I think that there's just this immense star power that Utah can't account for. Uh, that being said, it does come in Game Two where that star power goes oh and 14 in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Um, just the nature of those players, like that's something that happens from night to night. Uh, credit to Donovan Mitchell, who's probably been looking like the most consistent and best player in this series, at least at least now. Um, so uh, we'll see going forward, but. Yeah. yeah, this is going to be a tight, exciting series. Both games have been pretty close, a lot of back and forth, and yeah, I'm just excited to see the series really go to di- go to the distance.
0: Here's a Donovan Mitchell stat for you. Mm-hmm. He's 55 points in games one and two. He's tied for fifth most in playoff NBA playoff history. The best from a guard out of those top
1: five, mm-hmm. passing Michael Jordan. Yeah, wow, that kid can
2: score. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like- it's been so much fun watching him just because you look at that Utah team and you don't see a lot of talent. So, <laughs> when Donovan Mitchell is able to just... You absolutely... mean like superstar talent, yeah. 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 yeah like, like, I, I know like they're all say. talented players, but yeah. like, you're not, you know, you look at OKC yeah. and you can go, their top five guys and like, wow, yeah, those are all stars. Mm-hmm. But right. just watching Donovan Mitchell just completely elevate his game into the playoffs, which is something I think we all said was almost impossible. Because you know, we all like we all said like you know oh rookies are known to fall off in the playoffs, and the three rookies, the three best rookies in the playoffs, have been leading their teams.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I usually NBA player NBA players in general drop off a little bit in the playoffs. Yeah. It right, really matters. But the way he's been able to raise his game has been unbelievable. But that's been the whole season with Donovan Mitchell. It's been one unbelievable moment after another of him yeah. just defying what we thought.
0: Yeah, it's it's been crazy. Uh, I know we're talking a lot about the Jazz. One, one more point from the Jazz, and then we'll get into the Thunder, uh, Aaron. But I think the game two factor was, was Derek Favors.
2: Damn.
0: He had a great game, and he stepped up a lot. Him on Melo was an interesting matchup because Melo burned him plenty of times in that game uh, for the few points that Melo did have. But eight offensive boards out of the sixteen boards uh, for Derek Favors, so fifty percent of his boards were offensive, um, and a lot of that was when Steven Adams was away from the basket. So there is kind of a void, and that was a lot in the first half. Um,
2: yeah. Uh- Foul trouble definitely factors in there as yeah. well with Stephen Adams getting lots of fouls early and getting fouled out in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's obviously a factor. You really see like his impact as like an unsung hero in OKC. Yeah, lots of talk about like the new kind of big three, but he's really been such an anchor for them, and it's definitely seen when he's able to like match up toe to toe with Gobert.
0: Well, you and I were texting about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, at the after game one, it was so cool seeing Stephen Adams step up and have an awesome game. I think he had twenty three the first gamer or, or something like that, and he's developing in such an efficient player and you know so good as a role man and. Something I want to highlight, like a technical thing, is when Oklahoma runs their like top pick and roll. You'll see a lot of times the guy who's in, in the far corner of the ball ha- ball handler, the defender, he'll drop down to the paint to like double team Adams if he catches and receives the ball, and then you see Russ do one of his crazy passes either to Melo or Paul George whoever's in that corner. But he, they're so teams are so accustomed to Westbrook hitting Adams on the roll early that they have to double-team him. And, you know, he's a great passer if he does get double before he releases the shot. And I just think he's so effective. Um, the Jazz also do that high pick and roll. And Gobert is another guy who, who attracts a lot of attention when he's underneath the basket, especially in that res- restricted area. And you see the Jazz do that a lot where they'll kick to Joe Ingles. I think they only did it once to Ingles, but whoever's in that corner... Uh, they usually get a decent shot off. So these teams are running very similar offenses in the sense where they have a very efficient center uh, on both ends of the floor. You can argue that, however you like. Uh, I think Adams is more gifted offensively, and Gobert is more gifted defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see these teams just going at it, and the underdogs versus yeah the the token. All stars are the the celebrated all stars of days past, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a great series. I forget what I predicted on this series, but I, I see it going far. I think I said OKC in seven too.
3: Yeah. 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 I
0: think but so. any other thoughts on that, or should we move to the east? I can move on. I'm good to move. Okay, sounds good. So let's start uh, with the Raptors and Wizards series. Riley, <laughs> take us away.
1: The Raptors have looked really good. Uh, I think first
0: game one victory in first game one 10 victory, games of playoffs yeah. huge,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. not only for morale but just like for the series.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. what you yeah, say? that's their that's the first game one they've ever won in a seven game series as well. Ever they've never won a game one of a <laughs> wow. seven game series because the year, well, the one or two times they'd won a first round series prior to this group of playoff teams or one time before this group of players uh, it was in the era of five game series. So yeah, oh, it was the wow. first, first game one in a seven gamer they've ever won. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, the Raptors have done what they've done all year, uh, relying on their bench, especially in that first game, uh, when mm-hmm. DeRozan and Lowry were heavily defended, a lot of double teams, a lot of traps. Um, and they relied on their bench and DeLon Wright really stepped up with Fred Van Fleet, uh, being injured. Um, guys like Siakam really stepped up. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas had a really good game, um, going at it with Gortat, uh, and the Wizards have looked a little bit uh, out of sorts on offense. Where, but they've still played really good basketball. Hmm. I would see.
0: I think the reason why this has been the way it has gone is I think Washington's played so bad. To be honest and even if you look at the end of the season, Washington was the 5th seed. And now they dropped. And yeah. Yes, it's not as dramatic as the east or the west seeding was, but I think Washington has significantly dropped off and we've talked plenty of times how inconsistent mm. Washington has been. I think they've like hit a terrible inconsistency right now. Like
3: Beal and Porter have been yeah. absent this series. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think they were that bad in game 1, the Wizards, no. especially the first Three quarters. I, the The last ten minutes there got a little rough when they were. Yeah, they just kind of lost control of that game. Game two, they were not good. I would no. agree with you, but game one, I thought, especially for at least the first three and a bit quarters, they were all right. Yeah, I just think they need more, like from especially Bo- Bo- Porter
0: and Beal. Um, you know, when Mike Scott's leading your bench and scoring, or like behind Mike, John Wall, Mike
1: Scott has been torching the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. He shouldn't have to, yeah. to be well, honest. When you, when you look at the way teams defend, they're trying to take out your top options, yeah. and Gortat has not been a good offensive uh, option for them at all. Uh, they yeah. haven't really gone to the pick and roll that often, yeah, which we, is something you talked about in the last podcast. Yeah. They've done a lot of uh, iso ball uh, and relying on John Wall to create shots for himself and for others. Uh, and he's done a decent job of it, but it's just very hard to do Yeah. when, especially when the Raptors are shooting threes like they did in that second game. And this is what I mean.
0: Like when I say Washington's bad, they're not playing Washington basketball because we watched game one together. And I was like, watch how many times they convert on a Gortat and wall pick and roll. And I think they ran it three or four times every out of those four or three, they converted every time, but they didn't run it. And I'm so used to Washington running that pick and roll all the time. And I'm, Wondering why that's not happening. I don't know. Beal seems to be moving off the ball a lot less, but why? Yeah. Uh, like credit to the Raptors, they're they are playing well and they're playing tough and they're they're really proving their point.
2: A lot, a lot of what that kind of comes down to for me is just a discombobulated Washington team that has just suffered from injuries and people getting back with wall missing like a chunk of the season and different guys uh, missing different games, few rotation changes. It's just kind of that adjustment of having wall back in the lineup. I think Beal struggling a little bit with his like identity. He used to be for that big chunk of the season, the primary go-to guy and just having wall and Not being able to convert on so many of those like point guard heavy pick and rolls because you have Santoransky or somebody else Mm -hmm. on the floor. Um, John Wall was probably one of the reasons that kind of Washington made it a game in that second game because you remember that Raptors obviously got crazy hot in that first quarter, but they ended up whittling that down to within like eight points with five minutes left. That's still a ball game. And, I mean, like, I think Wall had a lot to do with that, but, again, it's not that pretty pick-and-roll action. It's a lot of Wall just driving to the lane and getting fouled. Yeah. Or just trying to create something. So, I think just offensively, they're just really rough, not not really running, like, the exact plays. Yeah, it's
0: it's been bad, I think. <laughs> I might be wrong on this one. I I was going I, for a dramatic finish. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I was going
3: for a dramatic effect, yeah. but Yeah, I think tonight'll be tonight'll be an interesting game. Game three in Washington. Back in Washington. And uh I think the Wizard the Wizards are actually favored in this game back at home against the Raptors. So I think you win they win this game, they find a way to win this game, and then you go to you go to a game four, a big game four with a chance to tie the series up, so Washington's not dead, for sure, and they've got some some super talented players, but they definitely got to play better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's jump to the 2-7 and seven, Celtics and Bucks. Um Seven turnovers for, what, were you going to say something? Oh, were you going to say something? No, I'm sorry, I was, never mind. <laughs> 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 uh, long day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seven turnovers all game for the Celtics which is phenomenal and it goes perfectly into the game plan of how Milwaukee scores on the fast break and in game two they only had 15 fast break points which was the same amount as the Celtics had and so that's been really encouraging to see a team like only do seven turnovers and then you know you look at Portland the Portland Pelican series and Lillard had eight turnovers himself <laughs> so yeah it's it's been it was, it's been it was a very convincing game two victory uh, for us. Again, tonight's going to be interesting. The the change of uh, home court, but Giannis has been awesome. You that guy is unguardable. Uh, enough said. John Henson is doubtful for tonight's game, so I think that could be interesting. Um, the biggest you know thing I've been bugged by with the Bucs is I don't know why. Like their their rotation is the way that it is. Like Jabari Parker, and also these guys aren't just aren't playing well. Jabari, Jabari Parker had no points. Brandon Jennings hasn't played, which I was kind of looking forward to. Um, you know, Eric Bledsoe has been tragic and just saying stupid things in the media. I don't know. I just I just expected more from this Bucks team, and I think it kind of goes into the Washington. They're kind of a discombobulated team with a few injuries here and there, and everyone coming back. At different times, but yeah, I uh, I'm happy that we're up to 2-0, <laughs> to to say the least. Yeah. Um, this game we could see more Jabari and Thon Maker, God help us
3: uh, with Henson out. So we'll see. Yeah, I think you you mentioned you've been disappointed in the Bucks in this series. I think that kind of is the whole season. Yeah, for the Bucks. It's just been a disappointing year mm-hmm. for Milwaukee. Like, yeah, Giannis has been fantastic. I think he's probably been been the been the best player on any team that's down 0-2 or mm-hmm. down o three 3 for sure. Uh has been fantastic, but you yeah. can't do it all yourself and no. be interesting though. We'll see yeah. again similar to kind of to the Wizards situation, you haven't played well in the first two games on the road, you come home, your fans, you know the fans in Milwaukee are going to be into it. If you can get this game, it's a whole new series and
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we'll see.
3: Bron- Brogdon too didn't play at all and he was playing really well and I
0: don't know why uh Joe Schmoe there, the coach is not <laughs> playing him. Anyway, sorry
2: to cut you off going. Of yeah. Well, definitely some coaching issues and even like yeah. Charles Barkley looking at these teams and obviously favoring the team with the best player said that, you know, the the Celtics have no business winning this series going mm-hmm. as strong as that. And I get you got to be strong like when you're trying to talk about basketballs and take sides and stuff, but the Celtics have just been proving like lots of people wrong. Um, especially uh, somebody that I want to point out is Terry Rozier. He's he's had an amazing stretch of these, like past two. Who? Games. <laughs> my man. <laughs> yeah, you might not That's know. That's my man, Terry here. Might might not know him. Kind of. Mister, I an, don't know who the f an Eric, that is, Eric Bledsoe. But he's been roasting Eric Bledsoe for the for this uh, <laughs> the two games yeah. that, that they played, and I believe I saw stat that he has yet to have a turnover.
0: Yeah, that it's is amazing. That is true.
2: As um, he's your also point guard. He's <laughs>
0: also second for touches uh, by a player in the playoff series. Uh, Ben Simmons being the
1: first. That's interesting. Yeah. Especially in that first game, something I noticed was just like, it was a much more grinding game. Uh, They didn't score 100 points until overtime, which is something that's unheard of in today's NBA. The Uh, shot that got him into overtime was unheard of too. Oh. (laughs) My gosh. (laughs)
3: Yeah. What a fluke.
1: Anyway. (laughs) But it was just a, a really kind of grinding game. Game two the Celtics looked a lot more together. Uh, they played better as a team than Milwaukee did, and I think that is going to carry them through this series. I think going into Milwaukee, Milwaukee will like the Bucks will have an edge, uh, especially in Game Three. Um, but I just don't see them coming together uh, like the Celtics have been doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been it has been chippy. I think you know there's a few like beef narratives there's Marcus Morris and Chris Middleton going at it and there's Bledsoe and Terry Rozier but yeah we'll see what I've been impressed with is is even though you can't contain Giannis too much they've still done a great job of limiting everyone else and yeah it's been it's been a team effort so I think I expect game three tonight to be exciting and I think if Milwaukee wins this game, it's much more interesting. But mm. if the Celtics go up three zero, I don't see the Bucks no. coming back at all.
3: No. So you want to jump in? Oh, I was just gonna say you mentioned T N. You mentioned the Barkley on TNT. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else see that Kenny Smith is interviewing for the Knicks job? I did see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's. I <laughs> like surprising.
1: He's a point guard from New York. I like it.
0: <laughs> I I think I think it'll, I think it could be good. I mean, there is a bunch of really good candidates. But has he coached before? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean,
3: I was just caught really off guard. Yeah, I yeah. guess I was I just... feel
0: I feel like Kenny Smith gets a bad rap because he's with Shaq and Chuck all the
3: time, <laughs> for sure.
0: But I think he like, and he's the only one who really does like give, give a good analysis. And when he you know jumps into the like, goes through his board, he goes through his board or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that's
3: we'll why see. he's it, doing that. I guess if
1: anyone wants to see a really funny video, watch uh, Kevin Hart impersonating the NBA TNT crew. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
2: Okay. <laughs> we have some, we have some
0: YouTube homework for the listeners here. Yes. Um let's jump ahead to three and six, the Heat and Sixer series. Ooh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What a series. It's been say. fun. Yeah. It's been fun. Ben Simmons, like I said, leads the playoffs for touches. Hundred and nine touches a game. Wow. Which is nuts. H. Yeah.
3: Ugh.
0: Nuts. Um I don't have much to say about the series. I think the biggest thing is Ben Simmons draws so much attention and I think the Heat have done a good job of containing him, but he has a ridiculous amount of good shooters around him and also a bunch of bad shooters who hit bad shots, but they go in, like Bellinelli pulling up from 35. That was a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot stand his shots selection. Anyways. I just think if the Heat can shut Ben Simmons down, like shut him down, like we're talking how the Warriors shut down Aldridge, they might have a chance, but it, they're firing off. Well,
1: most there. of the series has been played without Embiid too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when Embiid came back, like he didn't look like his typical self. He's still obviously a little uh, recovering a little bit, but uh, he when he comes back to the series uh, running like full tilt, I think it'll be... Uh, definitely Philly series. Yeah, sorry, we just got the Bleacher Report
0: notification. <laughs> 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 Isaiah Thomas asked LeBron if he can have a gray suit. <laughs>
3: <'Cause>, <laughs> I guess cause cause LeBron bought suits yeah. for all the Cavs players. Before this we're game. We're
0: jumping ahead, though. This is the reason why I think he did that, though. So we're talking yeah. LeBron suits right now. Because Indiana's social media channels were going off and doing, like, together. And they did this clip of Corey Joe getting an N1 and the whole team rushing and picking him up. And so it was like, Indiana's like a together thing. And then there was the stuff on Twitter in their press conferences where LeBron was like, I've been down uh, three and one, you know, I brought, I brought like the team back. Like I, I made it to the NBA finals, but in old depots, it was a bunch of, we did this, we did that. Mm. We defended well. We, and so I think LeBron felt like kind of like, it was kind of a PR move from LeBron of like, Hey, I bought all my guys' suits. We are a team. A little unity. Do you yeah. think that
1: fools anyone though?
0: Oh uh, yeah. It's
1: <laughs> not, not that, me. That's, that's LeBron versus Indiana right
0: now. It's yeah. Just- yeah, yeah. To be honest, uh, but George I, Hill looks like he's having a good first first quarter <laughs> as we're kind of watching here as we record. Yeah, but okay, let's get back to but, the Heat series. Yeah,
2: just 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 touch a little bit on that. It's been such an exciting series because you see the crazy pace that Philadelphia produces. Like yeah, you mentioned I think last pod first in the league in that, and they've continued that how do you contain somebody like Ben Simmons if the minute he goes in the half court he can just find JJ Redick like right away or Bellinelli mm-hmm. or Ilyasova even and like for those guys to hit shots yeah. like mm-hmm. it it is so hard because they go absolutely so fast and it's really cool to see the Heat retaliate with that depth that they have with Kelly Olynyk and Dwayne Wade stepping up and having like big moments here and there mm-hmm. um Something that's kind of surprised me is how obsolete Hassan Whiteside has been. Yeah, that's That was something where going into this series, I was like, well, you know, your best player in Ben Simmons, if you're Philadelphia, like without Joel Embiid, of course, is going to be driving in. He, You know he doesn't take a lot of shots, and you know he's going to be driving and, and dishing, but if you're limiting his dishing, then he'll be going up for a layup, and you've got Hassan Whiteside there. But he has been just obsolete as a shot blocker. There's been times where in the two games before Joel Embiid came back where Ben Simmons would still take it at him and he wasn't able to block it. And then when Joel Embiid does come back, um, it's it's kind of like there. you saw a gravitational pull towards him. Like yeah. you, you see the big guys that are guarding him. They always have to be on him no matter what. And that just frees up the rest of the guys who are able to make... Some of those shots, like you mentioned.
0: I think it's sad because Hassan Whiteside hasn't bought in, mm-hmm. I don't think at all. Uh, there was a clip of Whiteside sitting at like the scores table about to come in, sitting down
2: yeah. on his yeah. ass,
0: and Spolster's coming in telling him kind of the game plan. He's dazed Just up looking. It's a six point game. Like, man, I get it. Your role is like decreased for whatever reason, but you got to trust your system and you got to trust that if you don't show up, you're not yeah. gonna win the series, and this is also damaging your market as a player. So Absolutely, like, GMs you- like watch this and like, okay, look at this guy. Like, is this? You know, I remember Demarcus Cousins in Sacramento. Yeah, I was like, who the heck is gonna want this guy because of his attitude? Like, what? What? What organization wants that? So it's right. been sad. I think it would have been it's it would have been a much closer series if Whiteside
1: had, had bought in. Well, Spoelstra, like. The fact that you can disrespect Eric Spolstra as a player is just out of, like, it makes no sense to me. Spolstra is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and Hassan Whiteside, what he has to understand is they've looked better when he's not on the court. When they're running, uh, who was it Olinick and um, Winslow, I think, yeah. as their bigs, they've looked really good. Mm-hmm. Olinick's been shooting the ball really well, mm-hmm. uh, playing decent
2: defense. It was his birthday yesterday, too. Happy birthday, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. And Don't just- say friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, just- <laughs> and the second part of that with Justin Winslow probably had his career best game the last game. Yeah. Uh, which is like... I he was mean, actually smiling. He, he, <laughs> he, was, he was making like lots of shots there, and it's been cool to see the different guys on Miami step up to see uh josh richardson james johnson all making big shots goran Dragic had a, a big game as well so this is just an exciting back and forth series it's you have a lot of animosity there it is fun to yeah. watch yeah.
0: But then the scores end up like one game one and 3 were so lopsided. Yeah.
2: Well, game three that was probably like the closest blowout I've ever seen because Philadelphia only really separated right in the last couple minutes. There. Yeah. But until then, they, it was a lot of time. Miami had the lead. Lots yeah. of lead changes.
0: And I think that's a that's the Sixers closing well, which is a, yep. I think <laughs> something they do good. Um. Yeah, we get there. We can hop yeah. to the last series here. Cap, that is the last series, right? Cavs and Pacers. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cavs and Pacers as we're watching game, this is game three right now. Yep. What's the score? Forty-seven thirty-six. George Hill having a good game. <laughs> Kyle, you want to start
3: us off? Sure. Yeah. So pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing game one or shocking game one, I should mm-hmm. say, in this series with uh, with the Pacers beating up on the Cavs in Cleveland. Um, Ola Depot. Like, wow. He, wow. Not not just amazing in Game 1, which he was unbelievable, but he's been amazing in both the games in the series, mm-hmm. at least I think. Um, yeah. So in Game 1, like I said, we saw we saw the Pacers get the win, and then you, I think you knew you were going to see a response from the Cavs. And the first half, especially the first quarter that LeBron had in Game 2, was just like, re, re reinstilled my faith in him being the best, probably the best player in the world at this moment. Uh, he was unbelievable, and he's probably been... Analytically, he's been the best player in the postseason so far. LeBron has yeah. Oladipo number two. So, obviously, as you mentioned, Nate, we got the game going on right now. The Cavs are up eleven as we watch. But I think this is going to be uh, this is going to be a really interesting series, and I expect this to go six or seven games. I really do. Yeah, that's that's what I had as
0: well, and it's been fun. Uh, it's, Oladipo hits another jumper there. <laughs> Sorry, we're a little distracted. Um, quick stat: sixty-two points for uh, Indiana. In game two, in the paint, sixty-two mm. points in the paint. Cleveland does not have a sufficient rim protector, in my opinion.
1: No, um, no that's that's very fair to say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's really hurting them because usually, usually when you see points in the paint, you think all oh, big man's dunks and stuff. But when you have a team of guys like uh, Lance Stevenson, Lance Stevenson, and, and Victor Oladipo, they're getting a lot call us of calls into a lot of easy layups. Bogdanovich, even they're getting so many easy layups layups off of Cleveland's lack of, of switchability. Um, you know, Kevin Love is a pretty pretty bad nightmare on the switch. Uh, Nance, not good enough for me. Jeff Green, enough said. So <laughs> I just, they, I don't think they have a good rim protector, and, you know, Indiana's really exploiting that.
3: But then, yeah, like you said, Kyle, LeBron James... Forty-six and twelve was it in Game yeah, Two? Yeah, and he had he had like I think twenty in the in the almost twenty in the first quarter yeah. in that game, just amazing. And Cleveland, credit to them, they got Old Depot in quite
0: a bit of foul trouble in in Game Two, if I recall. Yeah, that's and,
2: that's a difference for me in that game. He probably had yeah. like twelve minutes there in the first half, which I kind of think maybe Nate McMillan would have been better off in the long run. Actually, like. <laughs> playing him Sorry, I, more, just, but... I just remember Nate McMillan fall
0: in <laughs> Game 2. Yeah. Oh, Did yeah. you guys see that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Like, at the same time that Stevenson yeah, fell. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor guy. That was funny. Hey, they're that together. <laughs> they're that, hey. toga- they're that, toga- that together. together. Wow. They're falling together. Who's together here? Cleveland or Indiana? <laughs> oh,
1: oh, man. My problem with Cleveland in this series is um, it's kind of what they've done all year, which is if they're hitting their threes, they're winning. If they're not... They're losing. They don't have anything else that is like propelling them to a victory other than LeBron, mm-hmm. who is creating those threes for other people. Yeah. Um, their defense has been not good. Uh, even in these series, as you mentioned, like they have no real rim protector. Oladipo has been taking some questionable shots from three that have been going in, luckily. Uh, yeah. But just. Cleveland's defense has been poor. Uh, Indiana had a real good chance of tying the game, uh, game two, uh, which might have uh, that would have led been to a different, very ending. different, I yeah, think. which very different which, going which, into Indiana oh, yeah. up up two. So if that shot goes in, which it probably should have,
2: <laughs> uh, that like this series is completely different. But it was crazy that. LeBron could score 46 full for, and for Oladipo to be out a significant chunk of the game with foul trouble, for Indiana to still be in that spot, exactly to to be that neck and neck with them. And I think a lot, a lot of the problem where like everybody is pointing out that Cleveland is really struggling with finding other guys to step up. Mm-hmm. For
3: sure, yeah, and like you mentioned, Oladipo only playing 28 minutes in game in uh, game two. Yeah. He was the only of their starters that was positive. So they were paused. They were up 11 points wow. when Oladipo was on the court. So, got to make sure Oladipo's staying in there and continuing to play big, yeah. big minutes if they're gonna have a chance. A couple of bogus
0: calls on him too, I think for for the fouls. Um,
2: LeBron,
3: LeBron flopping on a
0: yeah. off screen, but well, yeah, and, 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 and I, yeah,
2: yeah, and I still think with, at, with Nate McMillan, seeing the outcome of that game, you got to You got to put faith in Oladipo that he's gonna be smart when he's out there, and yeah understand his foul trouble so for for me that was a little bit unreasonable to keep him out that long yeah
0: and i i just think indiana's a a coachable team and they're 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 all bought in and i think they're they're you know giving cleveland some problems so has
1: been playing well yeah which is nice to see together together
0: (laughs) yeah well that is it for us it has been an awesome semester of podcasts and yeah we'll uh we'll see what the future holds here we're not done By no means. Um, We're just on a break. We're just on a break. We're on summer vacation. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we look forward to watching the rest of the playoffs. See ya.